I think wokeness has robbed many a people of compassion and replaced it with more superiority. That was artist Aishat Akendi. Yellow Beastie, welcome or welcome back to the Beastie Min podcast, where we discuss fitness, fat acceptance, and mainstream topics. In today's episode, we'll explore the cult of wokeness and the fat acceptance movement. I'm Lola Kay. Let's beast it. A cave, far deep down underground. This is where you spent your entire life since the day you were born. It's dark for the most part, and the only light available is that of a fire somewhere. You shackled, and always have been, along with you or the prisoners. Your hands and necks are bound so that you can't turn your heads. You're facing a wall against which shadows are projecting from the other men and women who use that fire to cast those shadows you've been seeing. On the wall, you see people, animals, things, and even hear noises that they make. This is reality as you've always known it, your perceived reality. One day, you break free from your chains. You turn around and see the fire that you had never seen before. The light hurts your eyes, making it difficult to see the objects that were casting their shadows on the wall. Then you told that all this was an illusion. Now that you are seeing more clearly, you're then dragged outside the cave. There, the sun hurts your eyes even more with its brightness, making it difficult to see for a moment. At first, you can only see the shadows cast by the object from the sun, then the reflection of the objects from the water. After you have adjusted, you can now see the sun too, and everything as is. You return to the cave to share your enlightenment with the other prisoners. Once there, the darkness blinds you for a moment, and you can no longer see the shadows on the wall. The prisoners mock you and call you crazy. You met with violent resistance as you try to free them. This is Plato's allegory of the cave. It is also the choice that Morpheus gave Neo in the Matrix in the form of the red versus blue pill, where the blue pill represents the perceived reality that Neo has known his entire life, and the red pill, the true reality that's been hidden from him. The analogy of the blue versus red pill has also been used to describe wokeness. But what truly is wokeness? Chapter 1. What is wokeness? The Cambridge Dictionary defines wokeness as the state of being aware, especially of social problems such as racism and inequality. How does this connect with fat acceptance, you would ask? Before I answer this question, let me give you a very brief summary of how the movement came to be in the first place. From the 1850s through the 1890s, there was a movement called the Victorian Dress Reform Movement, which goal was to put an end to the trend of women having to modify their bodies through the use of corsets for the satisfaction of the beauty standard at the time, which was a tiny waist. Also at the time, women were ridiculed whether they could achieve a tiny waistline or not shrink their waist enough with corsets. 
From that emerged the acceptance of all body types regardless of waist measurements as a prominent theme of the Victorian dress reform movement. Fast forward to 1967 when a New York radio host by the name of Steve Post held a fat in gathering in Central Park to celebrate the overweight. Five months later, an author named Liu Loderbach wrote an essay with the title More People Should Be Fat. Loderbach wrote the essay after witnessing the discrimination that his wife went through because of her body size. He chronicled in his essay the judgment and discrimination that larger people face, including colleges preventing the admission of fat students. He argued, the waistline has in some ways replaced the accent as a handy guide to class. Bill Fabre, an engineer by trade and also a fat admirer who was also disturbed by the way his own wife was treated due to her size, read the piece and contacted Lodebach. He later helped Lodebach research the book Fat Power. Fabre went on to found the National Association to Aid Fat Americans, later renamed the National Association to Advance Fat Acceptance, or NAFA, two years later in 1969, with the mission of ending discrimination based on body weight. The mission of NAFA was also to change the dialogue surrounding obesity and health as well as spreading awareness of the distinction between being fat and being unhealthily obese. At least, this was the public message. Behind closed doors, and especially during the NAFA conventions, fat admirers and feeders would have orgies with the feedies. This would become the norm after Conrad Blinkenstorfer, who was the editor at Dimensions, would join NAFA and be elected as chairman. The movement would become a safe haven for fat admirers and feeders alike to openly and with no shame express their fetish for fat women, and the women pertaining in those relationships would be the feedees submitting to the needs of their feeders in a race for them to become as big as they possibly could in the shortest amount of time as possible. A group of Californian feminist women were also angry about society's treatment of fat people. Some of them joined NAFA, but they did not find it radical enough, so they created the Fat Underground. What NAFA called fat acceptance, these feminists called fat liberation. And by 1973, they had released their Fat Liberation Manifesto, written by Judy Free Spirits and Sarah Fishman, and demanding equal rights for fat people in all areas of life. We demand good health care. I hate it when I go to doctors and they blame all my symptoms on my fat. The Fat Underground has done quite a bit of medical research. One study we found is of the world's literature on obesity. They called out the diet industry and declared it their enemies and went on to demand fat women's inclusion in feminist spaces. The rhetoric of the manifesto was born from fishermen. Doctors are the enemy. Weight loss is genocide. 
Nafa as a whole continued to grow and it later gave creation to health at every size or haze which put forward the notion that health is determined by medical testing rather than empirical observation of someone's weight. The movement continued to grow from there and in 2013, Test Holiday launched F Your Beauty Standards in the same year that the Body Positive movement created the This Is Beauty campaign. If your beauty standard brought tremendous support to the body positive movement, which itself was created in 1996 by Connie Sobzak and Elizabeth Scott. To date, body positivity has found itself mixed up with fat acceptance, and the two movements are even used interchangeably sometimes. Through the years, fat acceptance has received criticism from many. For instance, the movement has been criticized for its treatment of obese and morbidly obese people with eating disorders or those who follow diet for health-related reasons as they are seen as traitors of the movement. Tess Holiday herself has demonstrated this behavior again and again through the years. Holiday made the news after appearing on the cover page of Cosmopolitan magazine in 2015. Her message as she celebrated the achievement was, I think for me it's all about accepting yourself the way you are now and loving who you are today. And if you want to work toward a better you in whatever regards, do it, but you're okay just the way you are today. This is such a positive message, isn't it? But don't be too fast to agree because four years later, in January 2019, Tess was publicly pushing for the acceptance of all body sizes as beautiful and was a face of the body positive movement in that regard, made the news again, this time for unfollowing a woman just because the woman lost weight. Jenny Lee Molina, the woman in question, was an active supporter of Tess and had even participated in a photoshoot with Holiday in 2015. They followed each other on social media until the 2019 incident. Jenny lost over 80 pounds and shared before and after pictures to document her journey and celebrate her achievement. Desolide's response was that the pictures were too triggering to her and were not body positive. In a back and forth message exchange between the two, Des made her point that Jenny was saying that people who look like her before pictures are not worthy while at the same time telling her you do you, which Jenny was doing by sharing her journey through those pictures. Jenny was left betrayed because the person that she admired and identified with had turned her back on her for losing weight and celebrating herself. Celebrating oneself and spreading positivity is the decision that Jenny made moving forward. So, according to Fat Acceptance, it's okay to celebrate yourself while you're fat but never dare losing weight for any reasons else you are not body positive. Part 1. Fat Acceptance and Feminism Feminism is a range of political movements, ideologies, and social movements that share a common goal. 
to define and achieve the political, economical, personal, and social equality of the sexes. The most basic definition of feminism as a social movement and philosophy is that it seeks to establish equal rights for women. The word feminism was first used by French philosopher and utopian specialist François-Marie Charles Fourier, more commonly known as Charles Fourier, in 1837. You see, Fourier believed that marriage was an oppressive institution for women. He also argued that women should be given equal access to important work based on skills and aptitude rather than on the account of their gender. He argued social progress and changes of historical period take place in proportion to the advance of women toward liberty and social decline occurs as a result of the diminution of the liberty of women. He would coin the word feminism in French and his followers would be feminist. The feminist movement was born and will go to spur various global feminist actions through the 19th, 20th and 21st century, referred to as waves of feminism by historians. The first wave would occur from the 19th to the early 20th century and it would advocate for women's right to vote. The second wave of feminism will begin in the 1960s. This is when we would see the women's liberation movement, which itself would champion legal and social equality for women. 1992 will see the third feminism wave and this one will focus on diversity and individuality. About 20 years later, in 2012, the fourth wave will emerge with the use of social media highlighting sexual harassment, rape culture, and other violence against women. This will then lead to the Me Too movement. Now, you're probably wondering how fat acceptance falls into all this, and rightly so. The mainstream idea of beauty has always been one where women are expected to be thin, white, heterosexual, able-bodied, and hairless except on the head. This narrow definition of beauty has had an overwhelming negative impact on women who do not fit this criteria. They would often be left feeling inadequate or ashamed because they don't fit into society's definition of beauty. Fat acceptance had been seeking to change this culture by focusing on body positivity and ending weight stigma while also supporting people in their efforts towards self-acceptance and weight loss when they choose it as an option for themselves. While all this is very noble and an idea behind which many would rally, one must also beg the question to know if that's really what fat acceptance is doing. There is a misconception that fat acceptance is not a part of feminism. In reality, it became an integral part of it. The movement pushes the freedom to be who you are and the freedom to live your life the way you want to. 
issues arise when fat acceptance is advocating for the acceptance of fatness as a natural state and not something that needs to be fixed or changed because this is a false narrative to reject responsibility for our own actions in our predicaments in this case fatness and instead promote the idea that we all no one to be healthy and we deserve to and should eat uncontrollably this is by no means to say that one becomes fat yes this is a word that we will use by their own doing only there are traumas which may have occurred at any point in a person's life that could have contributed to them gaining weight there is a food industry that engineers its food to make it more visually appealing to both adults and children, making it harder to turn down. But there is also personal freedom of choice and getting help for a food addiction is a choice that many do not make. Letting your addiction control you is a choice that you make consciously or unconsciously. So, to say that fatness is a natural state is wrong because no one is born obese, but many become obese. Obesity needs to be fixed. Feminism was born as a movement to advance women's rights. Today, thanks to movements like fat acceptance, the feminism movement has become a toxic movement driven by vengeance, anger and bitterness all directed toward the white heterosexual men. A popular rhetoric in that community is that fat phobia is rooted in racism from the 18th-19th centuries when white heterosexual men started slavery and they will support their theories by judging events from the past with today's morals and norms. This is presentism. It's the belief that people who lived 100 or 500 or 1,000 years ago really should have known better. Which is so stupid. It's like getting mad at yourself for not knowing what you know now when you were 10. Who doesn't have moments from your past that make you cringe? Yes, because we hadn't then grown into the persons we would become. And humanity writ large is just the collective version of that. Everybody who could afford one had a slave, including people of color. The way people talk about slavery these days, you'd think it was a uniquely American thing that we invented in 1619. But slavery throughout history has been the rule, not the exception. We're a species prone to making others of our species our bitch. Humans are not good people. This was Bill Maher. This is the basis for fat acceptance to attack men from all fronts because according to them, Evil men are the source of all the problems that women are facing today, including fatness being rejected as not healthy and not beautiful. The problem here is that fat acceptance pushes this anti-racism rhetoric not to really combat racism, but instead to make white people, especially white men, feel bad about who they are by selectively applying fat acceptances or trash while ignoring historical facts and context. Part 2. Wokeness and Fat Acceptance Wokeness is a term that has been used in recent years to describe the awareness of one's own social and political biases and the willingness to take action against them. 
It is a way of living with intention. The term work, and particularly the sentence, they work, was originally coined by African Americans in the 1960s as a variation of awakened. In 2014, the sentence suddenly became the cautionary watchword for Black Lives Matter activists on the street following the police killing of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Stay woke was used in a chilling and specific context, keeping watch for police brutality and unjust police tactics. The word work has been used to describe people who are active in social justice or are outspoken advocates for it. It can also refer to those who have become aware of the prevalence and danger of racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, xenophobia, or other forms of discrimination. The word work has evolved into a single word summation of American leftist political ideology centered on social justice politics and critical race theory. This framing of work is bipartisan. It is used as a shorthand for political progressiveness by the left and as a definition of leftist culture by the right. Without getting into political, we are going to focus on the leftist flavor of wokeness because this is where fat acceptance resides. Back in the 1820s, the term social justice referred to justice on social level and between the 1990s and 2000s, social justice warrior or SJW was used as a neutral phrase to describe people who are politically active and speak out against injustices. The term switched to become negative around 2011 when it was first used as an insult on the social media platform Twitter. The negative connotation has since primarily been aimed at those espousing views adhering to social progressive, cultural, inclusivity, or even feminism. Scott Selisker will write in the New Literary History Journal that SJW is often criticized as the stereotype of the feminist as unreasonable, sanctimonious, biased, and self-aggrandizing. The use of the term has also been described as attempting to degrade the motivations of the person accused of being an SJW implying that their motives are for personal validation rather than out of any deep-seated conviction. And this is what we see with fat acceptance for the most part. Social media has empowered just about anyone with access to it to say what they think or they think it without facing consequences. It has also made it easier to campaign for just about anything. And those shareable campaigning content on social media do enable individuals to jump on progressive bandwagons in order to enhance their own social status or make themselves feel good. But acceptance has shown this, and this act is called virtue signaling. As British author James Bartholomew very well put it, virtue signaling is camouflage. The emphasis on your claim to hate something distracts from the fact that you're really saying how good you are. 
Your critics of others is just you trying to establish your own moral superiority without actually doing anything substantial. How does fat acceptance demonstrate this? They will say to be anti-racism, LGBTQ, and Black Lives Matter friendly, but who accuse you of harassment toward them the moment you disagree with them? They're very intolerant to criticism. Here is, for example, a situation which happened between this individual and this trained man. This individual spreads a lot of misinformation to a young audience, putting their health and lives at risk. I, as a black woman, call them out on their behavior and fact-check each of their claims with reputable sources. The next step the individual took was to ask YouTube to take down the two videos for harassment and copyright infringement. Long story short, YouTube disagreed. The person also tried to have YouTube take down the third video made about the situation, not once, not twice, but three times. YouTube still found that their claims against said content had no merits. For reference, I was not the only person of color this person's disingenuous tactics were attempted on. So much for being for marginalized group while trying to shut down a marginalized group just because you don't like them calling you out for your own bull manure. Another way fat acceptance will demonstrate virtue signaling is by putting extra emphasis on the fact that they went to school for research, whatever that means, or who claim to be researchers or therapists, putting any kind of license or certification or diploma, if any, to the light as a badge to justify not just their authority to spew the garbage that they do, but also establish their superiority above anyone else. As previously mentioned, fat acceptance has become a part of feminism and many of the proponents of the movement, if not all of them, would identify as feminists. Fighting for gender equality is noble. So is fighting for women's and LGBT rights. But the movement is on a mission and it is not the one that they claim to be on. The transgender advocacy demands respect for customized gender identities with personal pronouns that may change on a whim, but will crucify you for unknowingly misgendering them. For the record, you identify as you want, but to the eyes of science, which fat acceptance is a big denier of, if you carry double X chromosomes, then you are scientifically a female. And you're scientifically a male if you carry XY chromosomes. Regardless of whatever you identify as, people who don't know you and how you identify as should not be expected to know what gender you go by. It is your responsibility to respectfully correct them if they misgender you instead of wanting them sentenced to death for a genuine mistake. Why does this matter? It does because it shows how ignorant fact acceptance is while claiming to be most knowledgeable on the topics they discuss without having any leg to stand on. It also shows the movement's bluff to stand for social justice only in words as they do it for the simple fact that they want status. They want power. And this is what Machiavellianism is. 
by pretending that they are LGBTQ, Black Lives Matter, and other birth acronyms for marginalized groups. They conceal the fact that they're only activists because they want power and control. They don't care about fighting for those groups at all. They play the game for themselves and their own ascension to the top of whatever hierarchy they're following or belonging to. They would use their passion to go into speech and culture policing directed at victimless crimes that violate their moral taboos. At the center of their view of the world is the evil of oppression, the virtue of marginalized identities based on race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, religion, or disability and the perfectionist quest to eliminate anything the marginalized may perceive as oppressive or invalidating. Publicly, they will brand themselves as the heroes to many, when in reality, they're campaigning as the heroes of ones, themselves. Fat acceptance will preach equality, but pay really close attention. Are they really applying it themselves? They do not want to repair or improve society. Instead, they want to overthrow the existing social order. Accordingly, they are unbothered if pursuing social justice is actually social divisive because similarly to Russian Marxist Vladimir Lenin, they believe that worse is better. Chapter 2. Power and Control Owen Morgan from the Telltale YouTube channel made a brilliant video about cults and the fat acceptance movement. In his video, he classifies fat acceptance as a level 1 cult and explains how the movement differs from traditional cult groups in the way that there is no particular hierarchy through what he calls the extremism gradient where ideas are shared within the movement and only make sense within said movement. Some big names may come to mind as far as the fat acceptance is concerned, but there is not a one single person that is the face of the movement. Each of those members have their own echo chambers within the fat acceptance echo chamber and each echo chamber leader is one because they're not just morbidly obese, but they have tearjerker stories that make them heroes to their followers and have demonstrated success somehow. For instance, Tess Holiday's mother was shot when she was around the age of 10, and Tess herself appeared on the cover of Cosmopolitan, we previously touched on the way she will reinforce her place as a leader in the movement with her criticism of a member for losing weight. Fat acceptance emphasizes the dynamics of power and oppression and is more in line with the Socratic method. The Socratic method, which was developed by Greek philosopher Socrates, involved challenging influential and established ideas and individuals. Fat acceptance challenges the statu quo, and there is nothing wrong with that. The issue is in the way they do it though. Denying science and push a rhetoric against it is a dangerous way that would doom even themselves. 
The movement's creed leaves its own members vulnerable to self-immolation. The multiple overlapping oppressions, fat, disabled, LGBT, non-white, etc., means that the oppressed are always one misstep away from becoming the oppressor. The movement also controls its member and the thoughts that these members could have. If anyone there is having opposing thoughts, they will be ostracized. Critiquing each other and other groups is how one survives and may ascend on the hierarchy ladder too. For instance, they will fit shame anyone working toward improving their health, despise thinner women just because they are thin, while at the same time demand that fit men find them attractive. The need to dictate how everybody around them behaves is very strong and they will make sure to keep those who agree with them around, while everybody else is blocked, kept out. Effective radicalization and even extremization of their followers. If this is not occurred, I don't know what is. Afterward. Activism based on identity politics, self-righteousness, and intolerance toward dissent and error is a dead end. As cultural commentator, stylist, and artist Aishat Akambi said, Identity politics exists because everyone wants to feel like they matter, but identity politics runs the risk of playing the oppression Olympics. Who suffered most? Who is most oppressed? If you have privilege, it means your life is inherently good. Fat acceptance has become so comfortable in their own ignorance that they have become hostile to anyone who points it out. Because they never have any arguments to stand on, they will attack the source of the criticism rather than the content of the criticism. And criticisms addressing the source of an argument rather than its content are known as ad hominem. Fat acceptance seeks to politicize and control every aspect of human life, which makes them a totalitarian group where the only mentalities are us versus them oppressed versus oppressor and victimhood of course this totalitarianism is packaged and sold as social justice there is no room for constructive criticism legitimate debate or even a simple conversation the movement listens to respond rather than listens to understand but demands to be listened to and be understood they lie about being activists for the oppressed and marginalized groups, while their so-called activism is just a way to make them look good, righteous, and virtuous. In fact, they wear oppression as an identity piece and focus more on skin color and gender than people's character. They reject science, critical thinking, meritocracy, and context as tools of white supremacy, and want you to believe that no matter your circumstances, you're trapped in them and only have the patriarchy to thank for it. In short, there is nothing positive that I can find about the fat acceptance movement. Its proponents are hypocrites. They don't practice what they preach. As long as you agree with everything they say, you're in their good grace. 
They will shower you with love until you decide to lose weight for your health, mental health, and any other reasons that you don't need permission from others for, especially not from them. They are condescending. Not only people don't like being talked down to, but we're also tired of it. They're entitled. They expect everybody else to act the way fat acceptance wants. To fat acceptance, others have to change their lives around fat acceptance. Picture this. You walk into a store and as you're inside, someone breaks something. Then you're asked to pay for the broken item. How would you feel? Yeah, that's how the world feels about fat acceptance, demanding it caters to the consequences of their poor lifestyle choices and bends over to their every needs. They're manipulative and controlling. You behave and think as they dictate, not otherwise. They're self-centered and self-serving, and they're spiteful. Being bossy is not desirable. Tearing down others around you and men doesn't make you strong. Pretending to fight for marginalized groups just so you'd uplift your status while profiting from that lie makes you the worst of humans. You've got to give it to them though, as fat acceptance managed to turn the global epidemic that obesity is into a feminist problem. And to come back to Plato's allegory of the cave, fat acceptance is the chained individuals looking at the shadows of objects projected on a while from a fire behind them and swearing that those shadows are reality. Nothing is real in the cave except for the prisoners chained to the wall. Wokeness is killing our society and so is fat acceptance. I hope you learned something from this essay. I definitely did while researching for it. If you enjoyed and would like to support the channel and me as a creator, you can do so by subscribing, liking and sharing. You can also donate and or become a member. Becoming a member or making purchases from Beastreaming is how to get something in return for your support. And of course, all links are in the description this has been Lola K. Train me.